Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face, everyone. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Today we are talking about two of my favorite things in the world. I have many favorite things, but these are two of my favorite things. The first is yoga. And the second is sleep. And why I like both of these things is because they contribute to my well-being. They help me restore myself. They help me reduce stress, anxiety. They help me heal. And they help me remain grounded. And you might ask how they two are related. And we're going to tell you how and why they are related. My first guest is Rudy Media. Rudy often describes himself as obsessed with yoga, and it is clearly evident in his teaching. Utilizing his experiences both on and off the mat, he inspires students such as myself to challenge their perceived boundaries while respecting their limitations. I didn't know we had any limitations, but we'll get to that in a minute. As, (laughs) As he guides students within the class, he carefully breaks down each movement, finding myopic muscle. Ooh, we're having vocabulary here this morning. This is good. Myopic muscle and energetic actions to achieve the most of each position. And we're going to have to break that down for those of you who are not on the yoga journey. In any case, he's always teaching from experience, whether cautioning about potential injuries, recommending perfect modifications, or reminding students to stay calm, focused and within the moment and most importantly i can attest to this that rudy uses his wit and charisma to motivate his students his teachings 
His teaching style helps beginners understand the positions and can revive even the longest yogi's practice, breathing new life with a deeper physical and philosophical understanding. Good morning, Rudy. Thanks for joining us. My goodness, who wrote that? I know who wrote that. Who wrote that? <laughs> I, I it's all know. true. Yeah, one of us wrote that. I, I yes, one of uh, one of the people in the office here. How are you, Lisa? I am. I am great. I did not get to practice yoga today because I'm here uh, with you. So I'm doing yeah. um, yoga of the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> mouth yoga. Mouth. Well, you know, you've done enough. You're, you're like me. You've done enough yoga where you got some yoga in the bank. So if you miss some time, it's all good. And uh, I definitely miss time from here and there, injuries and busyness and just life. You know, so it's, it's good. It comes comes back to get back to it whenever you can. Exactly. And um, let's let's break this down for for lay people who may not be yogis or wouldn't dare be caught yeah. in a yoga class. And this is yeah. what I'm most interested in in doing with the work that we do, how we serve, how we help heal, is to explain to break it down and explain to people that yoga is a practice and it's not necessarily always a practice that's on the mat or bent over. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, yoga is a practice. It's uh, it's, it can be an everyday practice or, you know, often practice and definitely off the mat. Once you get enough time on the yoga mat, it becomes a practice. You take the practice off the mat. And uh, what that is, is just what's important about the, I think the, the yoga practice is if you take a half hour class or an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, that's time you took out for yourself and you just got reflective and you got into your own body and you started moving and nothing contortive and nothing fancy, just moving in these functional ways that maintain a sense of balance physically, emotionally, and mentally. And uh, it's really funny. It's, it's, it's hard to articulate, but once people just try it and, and, and experience it, especially if they're wired that way. You know, some of us are wired to move every day and you have probably friends who have never broken a sweat in movement. Maybe they sweat because it's hot in the car, but not uh, broken sweat because of movement. And they're wired differently, but most people are wired to move because creativity is movement. And without being moved, you can be depressed. So uh, I think, I think, I think it's, it's a well-needed practice. It is a well-needed practice, and what I love to share with people about yoga, because I've been practicing for many years, as have you, is that it, it you know, we don't come in in the form of a, a turban on our heads, uh, chanting yeah. Om Shanti Om. That yogis uh-huh. come in any shapes and forms, and you yourself are a marine, and that's I what I. That's what you, yeah. you you well don't they say once a marine always once, a marine all, once is always that's true so uh, excuse me there my marine my marine brother and hurrah so yeah that's that's true <laughs> well but, yeah. but this this is my point you know Rudy is a strapping guy and if you don't have you haven't seen his picture you should come on to our website and uh, on toginet.com and on harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com and check him out because he will defy the image of a yogi. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, uh, you know, there's not many, uh, I don't have any dreadlocks. Matter of fact, I have no hair. And uh, versus weighing 120 pounds, I weigh 220 pounds. And versus always uh, being on that kind of path, I was the furthest thing from that path. And I have the injuries and the body and the background to prove it. But you know what? I got there eventually, and, and here I am. And I think uh, I think it is a, it's, it's a, it's a everyday person practice, especially if you just keep it simple and keep it to the basics and, don't go too much into the uh, other side of it, but yeah. 
And this ties so beautifully into yoga warrior programming because Mm -hmm. um, being a a warrior yourself, being a yogi yourself, and wanting to bring this very useful life-affirming practice to the masses is something that I know you're very impassioned about. And let's talk about what yoga can do for an individual. Well, I tell you, it's just... uh... You can hardly, I mean, I've done it. I've, I've walked out of a yoga class and still been anxious and uh, in, a, in uh, road rage, you know, in the four or five. So it, it's not a cure for all immediately that day. But, well, I'll give you an example. Someone asked me the other day, and she's a great practitioner. She can do anything in the yoga room. Looks like a circus soleil performer. And she asked me, goes, how's my practice? Of, am I progressing? And I said, are you getting nicer and more tolerant and kinder? <laughs> I said, if you are, you're progressing perfectly. So that kind of goes back to my to what I was telling you about my story. I've you know I've walked out of yoga class, and 15 minutes later, I'm in a, just as bad as mood as I was when I walked in. But over time, it chips away at those repetitive uh, habits we have mentally and emotionally. And over time, it really does. It takes you off the yoga mat, and uh, you may notice it immediately. The very next day, you feel just calm and centered. And it's like a moving meditation, which I like because a lot not a lot of people are going to sit down and meditate for an hour, but they don't mind moving for an hour. And the way I teach and the way most pe- teachers teach it, the technical aspect of yoga, just the physical technicalities, the anatomical things you need to do to make the pose safe, makes a person more focused. And when you're focused and precise, then you're in a form of meditation, however you want to, uh, you want to describe it. So I think ultimately it can quieten the mind, de-excite the mind. And once you de-excite the mind, you start to de-stress the body. And... It happens fairly quickly, although it's not going you know it's not going to change your life three hundred sixty degrees in five minutes take you know the more you put in, the more you get out well and, and quieting the mind I think is probably not the first thing that happens you know as a byproduct of yoga that comes as part of the practice when you start to become more aware of what's going on we're going to well, go to a break in a minute, but so I just want sure. i don't want to get too far off on this because we could talk for an hour about the benefit of awareness as a byproduct of yoga. But, um, so well, I want to just hit, so go ahead. You hit yeah, upon a couple the, more. Yeah. And then we'll come back and do more. Okay. Quickly on the awareness thing. Once you're focused on your body and you're paying attention to where your pinky toe is, you become aware. And once you become aware, your mind becomes quiet. It doesn't become quiet. It becomes focused, which seems to be quiet because it's, it's, it's attending to the task at hand. Otherwise the mind is all over the place. So you want to focus the mind Thus, the, the misnomer of it being quiet. It's not quiet. The mind by nature is busy, but it's focused, so it seems calmer and quieter. I love what you just said because that is, that is the crux of the entire practice. It's about bringing your attention to that pinky toe or wherever the teacher happens to be uh, directing the instruction. And when you are focusing on that pinky toe, you cannot be worried about the past. You cannot be, yeah, you can't be fretting about the future. It they doesn't exist. They say you can't think about two things at the same time, and I've actually tried it, and one thing will always be dominant, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an experience. It really is. This, uh, wisdom can't be taught. It can only be experienced so, or cultivated through experiences. So as you experience that, you go, this actually works. I'm quieter. I'm calmer. And, again, that takes time. And, and this is when people talk to me about yoga, and you, you know that I work with vets because we have that in common, and I work with, with drug addicts. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things that both 
demographic and sometimes they are one and the same, you know, that, that a vet will come home and be struggling with, with combat trauma and is resorting to drugs to help soothe the mind and the spirit, that by drawing attention to this present moment, you can't be in um, those fearful places and, ex- and the dark nights of the soul are temporarily suspended. And yeah. that, that's, this is a very powerful aspect of yoga, I believe. The word you use is temporarily, and that's the beautiful thing because they have to understand that, you know, you're in the yoga room or you're in your practice, or you're in your meditation or whatever it is, whatever you, whatever your yoga is. And yoga can be riding a bicycle if you're focused on riding a bicycle. And it can we're going to yoga to break, my dear friend. We're yogaing yep. to break. And we, we are going to yoga back from break and continue on. You're listening okay. to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen and my guest today, Rudy Media, the yoga warrior. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to fight. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about two of my favorite things today. Not that my favorite things matter to you, but I love to share my favorite things. And I'm here today with Rudy Media talking about yoga being one of them and the value of yoga, not so much as a physical practice, but as a mental and emotional one. And Rudy is uh, a very well-known yoga teacher in Santa Monica, California and Hollywood or Hollywood. Um, he is also a marine and he's any he, i'd say you're a modern buddha with that with that head of yours rudy you know, yeah. <laughs> with, that, with that head and that wisdom <laughs> luckily, yeah, luckily I, I just lost 20 pounds so i'm not a modern buddha in the belly anymore but i was getting i was getting there in the belly as well but uh <laughs> but yeah thank, yeah well that's gone but i yeah, wanted to 
yeah. I want to share your website because uh, okay. www.yogawarrior365.com. Again, that's yogawarrior365.com. This is a program that Rudy has created, and it is a, um, a home practice series. And I am very, very proud of this project because I got to watch it being made. I got to be part of it being made. And I want you to tell us about it because it's fabulous. Well, I think it's accumulation of my career. I've been doing movement for 35 years now and it, you know and uh Yareev Lerner the producer came into my life at a perfect time when I was looking to bring it to a larger audience uh via DVD or online school which we have both now and uh it's a it's a 12 disc uh DVD set with 35 little vignettes about technique a little booklet and the practices uh they progressively get more difficult, but yet they're all quite simple. There's nothing uh, contortive, nothing that's out of the range for just about anybody, uh, depending, uh, uh, depending if you don't have any serious, devastating injuries. And uh, for me, it's a, it's a way – the classes are short. They're f- somewhere between 50 minutes and an hour, which I think is doable. I know I teach 90, 90 minutes classes in a, in a public setting. I think 90 minutes is a long time, especially if you're at home. I practice at home, and I can get about an hour in before I you know, start to lose my enthusiasm because it's tough when you do it by yourself. But we shot it in a way that's beautiful. It looks like a film. Matter of fact, our background is film, so it looks beautiful. And it touches each body part with a philosophical ex- aspect to it. And it's a way that you don't have to go to a yoga studio, which can be crowded and expensive. I think classes in public classes can be twenty to twenty-five dollars now. So this one you can do at home, and there's great variety of twelve to fourteen classes on this particular DVD and all those uh, vignettes. So if you don't, if you got some time early in the morning, late in the afternoon, or at night, just break, put the DVD in, put your mat out, and it moves fairly slowly. Particularly, we designed this for not necessarily rank beginners, but people who uh, are beginning their practice. And what I love about Yoga Warrior 365 are several things, but firstly, that it is it is completely portable. It's available to the user 24-7, mm-hmm. um, especially people who are living in remote areas, or maybe they're, they have cabin fever. They're living up in the mountains. There's tons of snow. They can't get out to a studio or a studio is far away, and they can participate in this programming and actually strengthen their practice over time because, as you say, it is progressive. It's progressive, and, I, and, and there's a philosophical underpinning to it, so there's some, there's some nourishment for the mind as well because anything done without a philosophical underpinning uh, tends to be less shallow than one with a philosophical intention or uh, uh, embedment. So, uh, and also, you know, the, the product, was we're so happy with it. We, it actually spurred, and which was really cool, it, it spurred a online school that now has 150 classes up called udaya.com, U-D-A-Y-A.com, and it's our sister company, and it's actually the, the, the same company that produced my DVD. So it, the quality is the same online or in the DVD set. So those of, those of those who explore the DVD set will have an unlimited, because uh, we put five new classes every single week up, and uh, they have an unlimited source of material down the road as they progress through the DVD set. And are the classes from uh, the your classes, or are they classes from the yoga community at large? Different, it's, it's, amazing. I'm the senior teacher there, along with Vitas, and then there's uh, other teachers. Uh, we all have classes up, and they range from 20 minutes, believe it or not, to an hour. And you got 20, 
40, 45, 50 minute classes. So different levels for different peoples, different teachers, different instructions, different, uh, you know, personalities bringing the, the message of yoga. So you can find someone that you resonate with if, if, uh, if, if you don't resonate with me, which is understandable. Oh, impossible. Personally, I think impossible not to resonate with you. Well, I do love yoga, and they say a good yoga teacher makes other people love yoga, and that's, that's my goal is to make other people love it because I know from my experience, it has been a lifesaver. I don't know where I'd be without the practice of yoga. Uh, as I get older, you know, it's, I can't do the things I used to do physically, but I can still do things, and in my, and in my mind and in my body, I feel like I did at 25, although you know, I'm not nearly as strong as I was. Well, let, let's touch upon that, about the, the age factor, because you and I share a similar position on the tree of life as being uh-huh. in the ripe, juicy middle of it. And I would say we look pretty damn good. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's funny. It, it, it is kind of a fountain of youth in some ways. And I, I'm not saying that so much as I read in Time magazine and I read all these great scientific articles coming out now. Uh, enforcing the yoga that we've talked about, you know, it's really empowering when I read something that the yogis have talked about, but I, I, I was hesitant because yogis, you know, the yogis of old can have some uh, very particular, uh, uh, peculiar uh, um, benefits of the yoga practice. And I'm like, really? Doing this pose can detox your liver? Really? But then science comes out and starts to... <laughs> And then science tries to gets caught up with the yogis, and I go, "Oh my goodness!" So it's really fascinating the the benefits that are now scientifically proven, and not just uh, marketing material for yogis. So I, I think it's very interesting that way, and exciting. Which brings and, me yeah. to uh, the uh, how this ties into sleep. I want to mm-hmm. first just go over the basic things that yoga can contribute to positively: improving yeah. memory, lowering stress, combating depression, uh, longevity, curbs inflammation within the body. So, which is for people who have autoimmune diseases, arthritis, things like this, it can help control that. Increase our our flexibility, creativity. Um, athletic performance. Here's another one that people often overlook because they will poo-poo yoga. The athletes will poo-poo yoga till they get on the mat. That is. Yeah, it's very funny. A lot of athletes are doing yoga now, and I had I had professional athletes come to class, and I think to myself, "You're a professional athlete. You can't do anything." <laughs> you know, jokingly, but I know they're world class world class athletes. So it does. That's true. And, 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 and yeah, one one longtime basketball player who I'll leave unnamed, he says, "I've got a 20 year career because the last 10 of it has been dedicated to doing yoga." which makes me more fluid and more flexible and gives me longevity. And when they make the kind of money they want to make, they definitely want to add one more year and one more year and one more year. And the same with me. I've been doing athletics my entire life. And while, of course, the 30-year-old athlete could smoke the 54-year-old athlete now, but I can still do the things. My friends in my age group can't do what I do typically. And, and, and no, you know, not, not any uh, negative projection on those guys but i just know i put the work in for 35 years and i hope to be and i've got a three-year-old daughter so i hope to be doing this when i'm 84 too so i'm still around for her 
Well, you will be. And a couple of the other things that yoga does is it sharpens our attention, our ability to focus, helps us retain healthy weight. And this brings me to the culmination of yoga as it relates to my other favorite thing of the day, which is sleep. Because Mm -hmm. you contributed uh, a fantastic article to Sleep and Wellness Magazine, for whom I am the health and wellness editor, Mm -hmm. talking about the value of yoga in promoting healthy sleep. And I'd love for you to touch on that in the last couple of minutes that we've got together yes ma'am well i you know i think just on a physical level when you do that type of movement and we talked about how the mind becomes less excited we won't say quite but it's less excited uh it's stiller not quite stiller that's a good word and uh the body gets fatigued and some of these uh, hormones you release during yoga are the feel-good hormones and it relaxes you in such a way. And once your mind's relaxed, how many times have you laid in bed and you just cannot go to sleep because your mind is out of control? Even if it's out of control with good things, you've got this great project coming up and your mind is so creative and it's so excited about what you're doing. And you're just laying there staring at the ceiling and you got, I got to get up and write about this because it's so fascinating. That's not a bad place. To, that's not a bad place to be in. But we need our sleep. So I think yoga will calm you down enough and relax the body enough and get those endorphins, or not the endorphins, and get those feel-good uh, hormones rolling enough we can actually relax and it teaches you how to breathe deeper and maybe focus on your breath while you're lying there sleeping and hopefully that will create the sleep for you because the sleep is so obviously important. The sleep is hugely important and so is the physical activity to actually get out there and it's not just burning calories and burning energy but it's burning that excessive emotion that uh, doesn't Uh serve us. Yeah and it's also creativity is Movement is creativity, and creativity, as you probably know, unexpressed can become depression. You know, and uh, when you get into the depressed state, then we're, then we're in a little bit of trouble. Not that melancholy doesn't. Fl- this morning, a friend of mine came up to me. I go, "How you doing?" She goes, "Yeah, I'm just a little sad." I go, "What you sad about?" She goes, "I don't know." I said, "Well, melancholy is kind of sweet. I like to be melancholy once in a while. Melancholy is one thing because it's raining, but being depressed is something totally different." And uh, when you're depressed, you know, it's hard to get to sleep as well. Or maybe you sleep too much. I I don't know. Well, to learn more about Yoga Warrior 365, please visit www.yogawarrior365.com. On Twitter, Rudy can be found at Yoga Warrior 365. On Facebook as well, Yoga Warrior 365, as well as Power Flow, and that's one word, 360. So it's Yoga Warrior 365 and Power Flow 360. When we come back, we're going to carry on our conversation. You and I are going to close out together, but we're going to carry on the conversation of the flip side of the movement and the practice, which is our dream state and our dream world with a dream expert, Lori Lowenberg. But Rudy, I want to thank you for being with us, and please uh, give a shout out to where our people who are local in the Los Angeles area can find you teaching these days? Yeah, go to, go to, go to my Facebook because I, I put my schedule there. It's Rudy Mattia, M-E-T-T-I-A, uh, Power Yoga. Rudy Mattia, Power Yoga, and that's on Facebook. And I got a bunch of yoga stuff up there. So you'll find me one way or the other. And then our, then our home thing, Udaya.com, U-D-A-Y-A.com. You can find me there as well. But thanks, Lisa, for bringing us in. I really appreciate the talk. Oh, my pleasure. And we'll have you guys back again. Maybe other teachers. Maybe we can get Vetus yeah, to come on absolutely. and talk. I, I, I like what you guys are doing. Thanks, honey. Nice seeing you. And, and keep up the good work. I intend to do so. Thanks, Rudy. Have a great day. Love you, too. See you soon. See you soon. 
Well, I, uh, I can't gush enough about the power of yoga, how it's transformed my life. I did it on a dare many years ago. It took me three tries to get it right. And for the past 15 years, I've had a very regular practice. When we come back, the other side of my life, the sleep world, and what it means to each and every one of us and why it is so important. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win enter our weekly contests at harvesting happiness on facebook where we give away our guests books music film and products each week in addition we also do great harvesting happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with lisa cypress cayman lisa's books happiness first aid kits h factor where is your heart documentary film happiness is an inside job products including the sterling silver infinity bracelet that benefit harvesting happiness for heroes a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues join us at harvesting happiness on facebook Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness, because happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. back and I'm thinking about that song from the sound of music my favorite things you know I have a lot of favorite things and two of my top favorite things are yoga as I mentioned at the start of the show and sleeping and I know those seem like funny contrasting favorite things but um, they're what I like to do and there is nothing like a good night's sleep and for many of us it can even be quite elusive and um, the idea of going to sleep can be a battleground. Hence my interest in the work I do for Sleep and Wellness Magazine as their health and wellness editor. And one of our contributors is Lori Lowenberg, who after keeping a dream journal throughout childhood, Lori decided to study dream psychology when she recognized a life-changing message imparted to her by her deceased grandfather in a dream. She has since analyzed and researched over 75,000 dreams by people from all walks of life 
around the globe. Her groundbreaking dream work techniques have made her a popular guest featured on The View, Good Morning America, The Today Show, CNN, Katie Couric, Bethany, Steve Harvey, Fox News, Dr. Oz, as well as on countless radio shows. In fact, if you go to her website, um, which I'm going to give you that domain in a minute, a little bit later in the show, you can see Lori in her PJs in bed with Dr. Oz which and Katie Couric, which I think gives me a great chuckle. Good morning, Lori. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. It, it wasn't really a threesome. <laughs> no, no, a, no, no. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Which may be a dream for many or many men, they say. But but the reality is it was you in bed with each of them separately. Yes. I get around. You get around. You do sleep around. <laughs> That's funny. You and a few hundred of the nearest and dearest friends in the audience at the same time. Right. Let's talk about um in, in your book. Dream on it, unlock your dreams, change your life, which is available everywhere, by the way. You talk about how to figure out your dreams in three easy steps. And why is that important? I mean, why is recollecting our dreams and trying to figure them out A, important, B, of interest to us? Because all of us are interested in it. I know that. Yeah. Well, one, it's fun because, you know, you never know where your dreams are going to place you, what kind of crazy characters you're going to be dealing with, what ungodly and unspeakable acts you'll be doing. You know, it's a whole (laughs) other life that we live when we dream. So it's really fun and interesting and fascinating to remember them and record them. Um, And it's important. In fact, it's one of the best things you can ever do for yourself to start working with the other side of your mind. Um, because that other side of your mind is your dreaming mind is is what I like to call a second brain that's focusing instead of focusing on what's going on around you, it's focusing on what's going on inside of you. And it really is your deepest, most honest and most powerful thoughts. So remembering your dreams and then working with them can absolutely change your life because you're dreaming about every issue in your life and you're figuring things out and you're coming up with solutions. And it's really the way you're trying to live the best life you can. I agree. And how do we figure it out? How do we, okay, we have the dream, step one. Now what happens? Okay. So there are um, a few rules you need to remember in order to figure out your dreams and and as mad and crazy and insane as your dreams are, they do follow rules, believe it or not. Um, And in my latest book, Dream On It, I've got 10 rules to remember, but we're going to go ahead and go over a few of them today. The first thing you want to do is realize that your dreams are connected to the previous day. So whatever you dreamt last night is a continuation of your thoughts from yesterday. So whatever you talked about, whatever affected you, whatever was on your mind yesterday, you dreamt about it last night. So you want to compare what happened in your dream to what happened in your life the day before. You'll find that the emotions in your dream, the characters in your dream, everything in your dream is eerily similar to your previous day. Wow. You know, I never, I never thought about that. 
but it, it does make sense. So we have the correlate that uh, what, what goes on at night happened the day before, and then what do we do? Okay, then it's really important that you try to identify yourself or identify parts of your life in the dream. Because your dreams are really all about you. They're, they're messages about you, from you, to you. Uh, we're very narcissistic when we dream. So every character in the dream, every, the setting of the dream, everything in that dream is reflective, symbolic of some part of you or some part of your life. So the character in your dream, you know, look at how they behave, look at, at what they're doing. How does that remind you of yourself right now? Or how does that remind you of someone you're dealing with right now? Mm. So find yourself in the dream. So in other words, we may not show up at, in our dreams as Lisa or Lori. We take on some other character. It could be what an animal or a hairy monster or a celebrity, a celebrity, something completely different. Yes, but you know, we we all have different parts of ourselves. We're, we're multifaceted creatures. You know, there's there's the part of us that, that's the mother. There's the part of us that's the daughter. There's the part of us that's the friend. There's the part of us that's, you know, a therapist. When we when we listen to our friends' problems, you know, we we all have these different roles that we play in life, and our dreams will bring those roles to life, um, and show them to us in the form of that role. So if you dream of a doctor. You know, ask yourself, how in your life are you playing that role? Maybe you're trying to help someone heal emotionally, or maybe you're tr trying to make some area of your life better. Maybe you need to heal your own marriage, you know. So again, find yourself in the characters in your dream. Interesting. Okay, so we, we identify ourselves as the characters in the dream, and then where do we go from there? Okay, you also want to look at your dreams as a metaphor, um, because essentially, in a nutshell, that's what our dreams are. They are a metaphor for what's going on in our life right now. Um, and if you think about, try to remember all the conversations you've had so far today, or even the things you've already said this morning on your show. How many times have you spoken in a metaphor? Or used a figure of speech. You know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. It's raining cats and dogs. I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. You know, we naturally speak in this metaphoric picture language in order to communicate our point. And our dreams work the exact same way. But instead of speaking the metaphor, they put you in the metaphor and make you part of the metaphor. So, so you know, look at your dream as a metaphor for your life right now. Um, if you dreamt you were drowning last night, what's that a metaphor? In your life right now, are you drowning in debt? Are you in over your head in, in some kind of emotional situation? You know, or did you dream of a plane crash? What's that a metaphor for in your life? Did something, you know, something you had high hopes for come crashing down around you? You know, did you dream of a train wreck? That's something we use to describe a situation that went horribly wrong. <laughs> you know, oh, that party was a train wreck. Yes. You know, so, so find the metaphor. And you'll be able to then identify what issue in your life your dream is trying to help you with. So we find, we find ourselves as, as one of the characters in the dream. We find the symbol that is a metaphor for an issue that's going on in our lives. And how do we then use that as a diagnostic tool to 
either problem solve or get information or clarity on what to do next. Right. So now that you're identifying the issue your dream is commenting on and identifying yourself and behavior in the dream, you want to now look at that dream as a mirror of yourself and your behavior in your current life. Because that dream is a brutally honest reflection of how you are behaving, how you are dealing with your life right now, even a brutally honest reflection of, of your relationships in your current situation. So when you can see something for what it really is, then you can make better decisions regarding it. You know, if you dream of, uh, for example, you know, a, a, a dying dog, then you want to ask yourself, what part of my life is dying off? Oh, my marriage feels that way. So if you then look at your marriage as, as, as a, a viable creature that's on its way out, then you go, you know what, I need to salvage this relationship. I need to bring it back to life. This is fascinating because it really is storytelling within our own psyche. You know, that every night yeah. we, go to, we go to sleep and, and a story emerges that's a reflection of what's going on in our waking hours or our waking life. And yet it is a, um, a cycle that we can use for, it's not only the repair and restoration that sleep brings, but also the emotional life that yes, can, be, can be repaired. This is, it, it, this is amazing. How did you, how did you beyond uh, the message that you received many years ago to, to embark on this as a career, how does one study to be a, a, a dream psychologist? Well, there are, uh, when I first started looking into the dreaming mind, and this was back in the early 90s, there was nothing available. College site courses didn't even scratch the surface of dreaming, which blew my mind because there's nothing more revealing about the self than what we dream. So I was able to find um, a PhD and study independently under her. And, but nowadays, you can, you can study what is called archetypal psychology, which is basically um, understanding how the mind works in symbols. Mm. Um, and, and after I, I studied archetypal psychology, I went on and, and still to this very day, continue to research dreaming every day with every person I work with. By doing a comparative analysis between the imagery in the dream to the content of the previous day and the content of the dreamer's current life. And then you're able to make the connections and, and, and realize that it's really just a matter of connecting the dots. Unbelievably fascinating. Um, to learn more about Lori Lowenberg, you can go to her websites, www.whatyourdreammeans.com, where uh, she gives free and instant dream interpretations, as well as Lori, L-A-U-R-I-L-O-E-W-E-N-B-E-R-G.com, LoriLowenberg.com for books, private readings, etc. We know et that life is tough with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. 
Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the Grateful Good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download the podcast of this show later today where you can learn all about two of my favorite things, yoga and sleeping. But really what we're talking about now is the analysis of dreams and how our unconscious dream state reveals to us some very vital information about how and what we're doing in the world and to tackle challenges that come our way. And Lori Lowenberg is a dream expert. You can find out more about her work at www.lorilowenberg.com. And we'll give that information out again at the end. Lori, let's talk about some of the most common dreams and the important messages that they convey. Yes, there are uh, quite a few dreams that we all seem to get uh, throughout our life, and they seem to have the same meaning to all of us. Uh, one of the more common ones is the being chased dream. Um, and if you get this dream, this is one of the more common recurring dreams also that we get again and again and again. And so if you're getting this dream, it's really connected to something in real life that you're avoiding. Because in the dream, you're running from something, which means in real life, there's something going on you're running from, an issue, a confrontation you need to have. It could even be, you know, you want to get out of your obligation, you know, going to a friend's wedding, something along those lines. Um, and the reason why this dream is is not only so common, but that it, it is also repetitive is because it's typically connected to a recurring behavior pattern of avoidance. So if that's your personality type where you try to avoid confrontations at all costs, if you procrastinate, if you put things off, you're going to get the being chased dream. And the message of it is you've got to learn to stop running from everything, face it, deal with it so that the issue will not continue to follow you. Mm-hmm. And then some others, common dreams? Um, another really common one is the falling dream. And that one is connected to suffering a letdown in real life. You, you know, the, the falling is all about going down. 
So in a dream, you want to find yourself going up, whether that's going upstairs, going up an elevator, even going up into the sky and flying, because that represents progress, things going in the right direction, things reaching higher levels. Falling in a dream is all about something going in the wrong direction and fast. So ask yourself, if you're getting this dream, what in my life is bringing me down? And then you'll make the connection and then you know, okay, I need to address the issue. And another dream, which I have had constantly, is losing teeth. And you and I had a conversation yesterday, and you shared something that really gave me a chuckle. Yeah. (laughs) The teeth dream is really common, really common, because it's connected to the way you communicate. Anything having to do with the mouth in a dream is going to be connected to the way you've been communicating lately. So the teeth falling out one's really common because it's connected to uh, saying things without thinking about it first, allowing things out of your mouth that should have stayed in there permanently, like your teeth, saying things that you wish you could put back in your mouth. So if this is a really common recurring dream for you, look at that behavior pattern. And, you know, the dream is coming to you to alert you to this behavior so you can work on correcting it. And and it is a really good skill to be able to think and formulate your thoughts before you let them out of your mouth. Yes, it is. It is a skill. There are some mystifying myths and fascinating facts about dreaming. Tell us a few of them. Yes. uh, Well, for example, um, dreams are not in black and white. That's a big myth that we dream in black and white. We don't. Um, If you see in color, you're going to dream in color. Um, But that doesn't mean that your dreams will never be in black and white. Sometimes they can be, you know, in shades of gray or muted colors. And that when that happens, that's usually because you're in a depression. Depression will cause um, the color to go out of your life, so to speak. And therefore, your dreams will reflect that. Another common myth is um, that animals don't dream. They do dream. Animals have REM sleep just like humans do. So look at your dog or your cat the next time they're sleeping. If you see their little bodies twitching and you see that their eyes are going back and forth underneath their eyelids, they're in the dream state. And, And the purpose of dreaming for animals um, we, we don't know 100% for sure what that is because we can't really know what they're dreaming, but it does serve, we know, it does have the purpose of memory retention, um, and it can also be a survival, you know, they, they like dress rehearsal. They can practice their survival instincts while in the dream state. It's even been shown that canaries practice their song while they're in REM. Isn't that cute? <laughs> that actually is really cute. And I have seen like the dogs, you know, with his feet moving, like little skedaddling in his sleep, like he's, yeah. you know, running. And so, yeah, it makes, it makes me believe that there's something going on in there. But going back to why um, humans dream. Why do we dream? What is, the, what is the value of a dream? Yes, that's the age-old question. Why do we dream? What is the purpose? What is all this nonsense? Well, it's not <laughs> nonsense. It's not nonsense. It seems like it because you're trying to understand it with your literal mind. When your dreams are working, it's your subconscious mind at work. So it's like trying to read a Greek menu when you only know English. It's not going to make any sense to you. But it still has meaning. It still means something. Um, so why do we dream? Well, it is a thinking process. Your dreams are thoughts. They are a continuation of your thoughts from the day. 
And they are, in fact, your deepest, innermost, most powerful and honest thoughts. Um, so if you think about when you go to bed, you turn out your lights, you close your eyes, you shut out the outside world, and then those thoughts that are going through your head as you drift off become more and more focused on yourself. And then as you go into the different stages of sleep, your thoughts are going deeper and deeper into your mind until you reach REM sleep, which is when we dream, and then your thoughts have now changed languages. So rather than thinking in words like you and I are using right now as we speak to each other, instead you're using symbols, metaphors, emotions to convey your thoughts to yourself. So it's really just a matter of understanding dream language. And it's unfiltered. I suppose that's the, the benefit of it, that we spend so yes. much of our day filtering life through whatever means that we do. And mm -hmm. when we sleep, there are no filters. It's like the gloves are off, and this is what's really at the heart of the matter. Yes, you cannot lie to yourself when you're in the dream state. <laughs> but I keep saying that, you know, your dreams are your most brutally honest thoughts. Um, your dreaming mind will be brutally honest with you when your waking mind refuses to be. Yeah. It, 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 this is so fascinating. I, I could speak to you for hours and we will have you come back and, and, and talk with us for more time. Let's um, we've got a few minutes left and I want to uh, hit on some fascinating facts. Um, why our dreams are so hard to remember and why we don't act out upon our dreams and maybe give our listeners a little tip or two on how to keep a dream journal and how to, you know, become aware of the dreams. Right. Okay. So why don't we act out our dreams? Because Lord knows we're doing all kinds of crazy things while we're dreaming. We're murdering, we're running, we're flying, you know, right. <laughs> uh, we're, we're trying to cover up our naked bodies. You know, there's all kinds of crazy things that we're actually physically doing in the dream. Why don't we act it out? Well, um, the brain is, is really a magical organ, and it will um, release a chemical once you enter REM. The brain releases a chemical through the brain stem, which will literally paralyze your skeletal muscles so that you don't get up and act out the dream. It's a built-in safety mechanism. So while your involuntary muscles are still working, your skeletal muscles are not. So this is why we don't act out our dreams. And that's why yeah. when you watch your cat or your dog dreaming, all that's happening is they're twitching. Even though they may be running after a mouse in the dream, they're staying put. Um, what was the other thing you had asked me about? Oh, oh about how to uh, begin uh, awareness, you know, to keep a sleep journal, how to begin the process of analyzing our dreams for, for lay people. You know, okay. say you, you, we all know what's going on. There's something going on in there. And if we want to capture what's happening and begin to look at it. Yes. Okay. So you, you have to remember that you do dream every single night. Uh, every 90 minutes throughout the night, you enter the dream state. So we average about five dreams every night, and we'll have over 100,000 dreams throughout our lifetime. So whether you remember your dreams or not, they're happening. So here's what you do in order to start remembering your dreams. Because in order to work with them and get the benefit from them, you have to remember them. So when you wake up, whether it's in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or you're waking up for good in the morning, you've got to stay put. Don't jump out of bed and start your day because that's going to kill your dream recall. you got to give yourself three to five minutes of quiet still time in bed in order to capture those dreams. And most importantly, 
you have to stay in the exact same position you woke up in because that is the position your body was in uh, when you were dreaming. So moving your body when you wake up is essentially like unplugging yourself from that dream you were just in. So stay put, give yourself three to five minutes, capture that dream, then write it down. Um, we have one of our listeners has just written in asking, what about recurring dreams? When we have yes. the same dream over and over and over again, we don't have much time. So we, we please answer this because this is important. Two main reasons why you're getting a recurring dream. One is because the dream is connected to a recurring behavior pattern. And we kind of touched on this with like the being chased dream. Mm-hmm. Whenever you exhibit the behavior, you're going to get the dream. Uh, so if you continue to talk without thinking about what you're saying, you're going to keep getting the teeth falling out dream. Another reason we get recurring dreams is because it's connected to an ongoing issue that has yet to be taken care of or resolved. So for as long as the issue continues, so will the dream. So the way to make that dream stop is to correct the issue it's connected to so that the dream doesn't have to come back. So look at your recurring dreams. It's like your mother who has to nag you to death and tell you the same thing over and over and over and over again until you get the freaking message. Got it. To pay, att- to pay attention. And we are out of time, Lori. I will, you, you please, please come back and join us. To learn more about Lori Lowenberg and her amazing work, please visit whatyourdreammeans.com, lorilowenberg.com. On Twitter, she is at the dream expert, And on Facebook, it's Lori and that's L-A-U-R-I, the dream expert. Here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, and my guests today, Lori Lowenberg and Rudy Metia, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And I want to thank all the producers over at TogiNet and behind the scenes at Harvesting Happiness that make us shine each and every week. We appreciate you and are so thankful for you. Go out and make it a great day, and we'll see you next week. Don't come easy. Nobody got no time anyway. Somehow... Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts.